Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute provides educators access to nonfiction 9-11 resources for K-12, first-person curriculum with video, Discovering Heroes book series for kids, and a speaker's bureau with access to 9-11 first responders, survivors, and loved ones. A high-tech 83-foot tractor trailer that transforms into an interactive museum with artifacts and Russell F. Siller Memorial Scholarships for exemplary high school students of program recipients preparing for college. Never forget, donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. And welcome in, everybody, to the 100th episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. It is DJ, and I will be joined, as always, by my co-host, Kelsey. And Kelsey, it's hard to believe we've been doing this for the century mark. 100 different times we've had a rant, a recap, a ranking, and oftentimes all three of them. Yeah, I mean, that man, it's it's crazy. Uh, it's been a long a long time coming, it feels like. Uh, it feels like we've been doing this forever. Uh, but it's not. it's only been, what, two and a half years. So it's not been, not been the complete longest time, but... It's only two and a half years, but it feels like forever, and we got so many more episodes to come. Absolutely, so many more to come. We've seen the highs and the lows of the sports world. And to stick with tradition, we're going to send things to the tip-off, our first segment, which is brought to you by Dr. Squatch. Let's you smell like a man, feel like a champion. They have a new Spartan soap as well, too, if you're a game inspired by halo so if you're a gamer or you just like to spit game it's got a little something for you mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing chumba casino this year i was only playing for fun so winning this was a dream come true chumba casino is america's number one social casino experience it's serious fun with over 80 casino style games to choose from you too could win life-changing amounts of cash be like mary log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary void or prohibited by law 18 Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Kelsey, in the tip-off, we're going to go with rankings since that's one of our one of our hot spots. We're going to do NFL mid-season rankings since we're about midway through the NFL season. And Kelsey, I'm going to go ahead and uh, start with you. What, what's your awards looking like for the for the NFL midseason? Yeah, so you know we we've had a lot of time to talk about some of these midseason awards. So I'm just going to go ahead and just just rip the bandaid off. <laughs> Here we go. My NFL midseason awards. Well, as you well, can see well. in front of you. What do we have here? I know, right? There's well, first of all, there's two Ohio folks in here, which I, people might burn me at the stake for this one. I even gave Tom Brady some love and Derek Carr. Look, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's a question right now. Uh, to me, Derek Carr is is right now just a, a head and shoulders above so many other people right now. And, and as far as just what he's able to do with the talent that he has on the field, because there isn't any. They're all getting suspended or kicked off the team or doing stupid things, or he doesn't even have a head coach. And he's doing it without a head coach, and yes. and that to me is is the most impressive part. Don't get me wrong; if you look at this look at this list again, I have Tom Brady right there as offensive player of the year. 
So I am giving some love to the old man goat himself, but yeah, it's, uh, I think right now it's one of those one, a one B you could honestly go correct. You could be right with either one of those two. Um, but yeah, looking at defensive player of the year, miles Garrett, man, what he's able to do, you know, leader in sacks, a monster been drug tested. I don't know how many times at this point in time. Uh, uh, every time he does, anytime he doesn't wear long sleeves to cover up those pythons that he calls arms that really look like legs. Yeah. So it's, it's literally up for the, I mean, there's, there's no question. He's just that dominant right now. There's some other guys out there. Um, I'm sure you may have, may have some of your own uh, opinions on that, but offensive rookie year, I think there's only one guy. I think it's safe to say, I think it is literally only the Jamar chase show and we're all just here for it. Um, and then Asante Samuel jr. Is defensive rookie year. I just like what he's doing personally. I just, I, I like what he's, we, what he's been able to do to this point in time. And, and I think that that's, I don't know. I got, I, I got to give him credit. Like, it was tough with defensive rookie of the year because there are so many guys that that could that have a nomination for it. And offensive rookie of the year, honestly, if Jamar Chase wasn't the way he was, I might put Rashawn Slater there. But <laughs> off of, that's because offensive linemen don't get love, so he'll never win the award, unfortunately, um, unless it's Quentin Nelson. That's the only time that has ever come up for debate whether he could possibly win it. And I don't even think he won it his his, his freshman. No, that, that was Saquon Barkley, if I'm not mistaken, as well, too. But the, so I feel like it's a very interesting list. I love me some Derek Carr, but you said he has. Imagine if Hunter Renfro or Darren Waller gets suspended, he's going to be really out of luck. Then he's already <laughs> running out of targets. But Deshaun Jackson might be coming to save the day. But I, I like Derek Carr. I like seeing him some respect. And we said it on the podcast. If he gets that team to win the division or the playoffs, yeah, he's probably MVP at that point. Everything they've had to go with. And you just cross another one off with Damon Arnett, who just left. So. I like it. I, I I don't hate it. I don't hate it as much. I differ very drastically in some of those picks. Only one of us, only one of them is the same, but I don't hate it so far. And Miles Garrett, you can't go wrong. I mean, the league leader in sacks. And if you ask, if you ask Browns fans, he would be able to double that if he wasn't held every single play. So <laughs> you can't really go wrong with Miles Garrett, even though I decided to go a different route. Yeah, absolutely. So for uh, DJ, let's go ahead and just jump straight into it then. Rip the bandaid off. I'm going to show the people what you, what you pick for your awards. All right. Stay with me, everybody. So Tom Brady has played one less game than Matthew Stafford and has less about 100 yards less passing than him and more passing touchdowns. That is how dominant Tom Brady has been this season. I, I would say Matt Stafford because he is my number two right behind. They're very close, but Tom Brady has 25 plus touchdowns and I think only five interceptions. And most of the two of them came on opening day against the Cowboys. So he's been absolutely sensational. He has the deepest arsenal of weapons in the game. He's and he still hasn't missed a beat. So. Give me Tom Brady and look for them. They have an easier back half of the schedule for the most part, too. Look for him to continue his dominant ways and continue to just defy father time and lead the NFL in touchdown passes. Offensive player of the year, I went with Cooper Cup, the star receiver from the Los Angeles Rams, a guy who dominated Eastern Washington and continues to dominate from the FCS to the NFL. He was on pace to break Calvin Johnson's receiving yard record. Ironically, a for, former number one receiver, Matthew Stafford. So obviously, we've been Matthew Stafford is that dude. After all, he has been his whole career, regardless of the wins. Can't argue with that one. Cooper Cup provides punt returning. I think he's been absolutely sensational. If we're going to give this to a non-quarterback, which is what I was looking for, Cooper Cup was my first thought. Other guys I looked at included, you could have put a Lamar Jackson, a Derek Carr. There are other guys here, but Cooper Cup feels like he is really standing out from the crowd. Defensive player of the year. This is the one I don't understand. Why no? Why this man, Darius Leonard, is not included in any of them? Pro football, everywhere puts out their little thing on Twitter. Like, who is it? They list five guys and then E or other. It's always Miles Garrett, respectively so. TJ Watt, understandably so. Trayvon Diggs, understandably so. But they ignore it because of all of his interceptions. I know we talk a lot about Trayvon Diggs and coverage is not so much a corner as much as a gambler, but he's really good at it. But no one ever talks about the guy who leads the league in takeaways. Nine takeaways in nine games. Four forced fumbles, two interceptions, three recoveries. He, he's been absolutely phenomenal this year. He's one of the top 10 in tackles still, even with a bum ankle. He has been 
absolutely unbelievable on a team that has zero pass rush. They have more takeaways as a team than sacks. That's all you, like as a team, their sacks, they have almost Miles Garrett is only like six behind them. They have no pass rush. It is all Darius Leonard taking away the ball. It's the only way they can really win because the defense, the secondary is thin, the front line's thin outside the Forrest Buckner. It's Darius Leonard or Buss is their defense. And what he, he's been doing it at a we talk about Trayvon Diggs. They said he had it wrapped up three weeks ago because of all of his interceptions. Don't look now, but Darius Leonard has more takeaways than him as well, too, on a bum ankle. So Darius Leonard making a push for MV for defensive MVP of the year. So I think a little, I think we got to look out for him a little bit. He especially they get going down the back half of the season. So you know, I, I honestly like. Okay, I I got to give this piece first because I didn't <laughs> pick Darius Leonard, so I have to at least chime in here and tell you why. <laughs> and the biggest reason why is if you look right behind you, there's a giant Darius Leonard <laughs> autograph too. By the way, yeah, exactly. So it's one of those like. Yeah, it's it's one of those like I I honestly I don't think I could have taken the thunder from you. I've been taking the thunder from you from Dar- by picking Darius Leonard a couple times this season, but mm-hmm. honestly, Miles Garrett, man, it's it is a toss up between the two. I think Miles Garrett's the mainstream pick. Darius Leonard is the if you watch football and you understand football pick. And uh, I do have Miles Garrett as number two, and he was my preseason pick for defensive MVP too. So in no way is this an anti Miles Garrett thing. It's more of a really nobody's even talking about him. Like you have Cameron <laughs> Hayward listed before you have him listed in some cases, and Cameron Hayward's fantastic, but. Let's reel it in just a little bit now. Like he's not a defensive player of the year. Fantastic. Yeah. And, and I got to say so far, I love your list, by the way, uh, just just as far as you've gotten. So obviously now we go into the rookies. So we'll see what you got here. So I got Jamar Chase. Same with you. Everything the same. Just, oh, I, we could say endless that wonderful things about Jamar Chase. The only thing I'll add that is look out for Kyle Pitts, maybe down the stretch to make a surge. They just figured out how to use him about a month ago, and he has been surging ever since then. Is an on pace for a 1300 yard season. So. And Matt Ryan seemed to have found a little bit of mojo. They got a little bit. They got a little bit of their their Falcon gangster back, if you will. They don't look like the pushover we thought they'd be after week one. So Jamar Chase is the dude so far. But keep an eye on Kyle Pitts and sticking in Ohio as well too. Jeremiah Wusu Cormo has only played six games, but if you watch those six games, he flies everywhere in coverage, getting sacks, pass deflections, reading the defense. He's all over the place. If he if he can stay healthy for the back end of the season, look for him to. Micah Parsons is right there with him. They're like 1A, 1B, and then there's Asante Samuel, Patrick Sertan. It's a really close race for defense rookie of the year, but I love what JOK has been able to do. When he gets healthy, this defense plays at another level with Miles Garrett on one level, Josh Johnson on the back end with Denzel Ward and Jeremiah Osukomoro in the middle. He's when everything is advertised, and there's a reason he was top 12 on our big board when we did draft prospects going yeah. into last year's draft, and he's, he's met every inch of it. But I love Patrick Sertan, your pick as well. I almost had Patrick Sertan. Like there's, or excuse yeah, me, Asante Samuel, your pick. Like there, you can go everywhere, but I love what Joe is doing. He's been all over the place. And, you know, you mentioned Patrick Sertan, and I, I feel almost criminal by not mentioning him in this because what Denver was able to do to Dallas, I mean, you just talk about that smackdown they just laid on Dallas. That was mostly led by their defense and their corners. I mean, you you shut down Amari, you shut down everybody. Like uh, CeeDee Lamb, everybody was shut down in that game, and and that's led by a guy by, by the name of Pat Sertan, and, I mean, you got to, he's, people are sleeping on him too in Denver and who knows what he, Denver has something special there. And, and by the way, uh, shout out to Denver for taking that draft pick away from <laughs> Dallas where Dallas could possibly have Pat Sertan and Trayvon Diggs right now dominating people instead of just uh, Trayvon Diggs gambling self. Absolutely. And there's Micah Parsons who's right there. I mean, five sacks is a guy who's just kind of flex off ball linebacker D and he's phenomenal as well too. Like there, there's a lot of guys for that list. I think you know what? There's a lot of guys, and I look forward to this back half of the season. But I'm sticking with Tom Brady as my preseason MVP pick. He's made us made it look good so far, and I think he's going to continue rolling. There's just there's no reason not to, unless he falls off the cliff. He's been supposed to fall off the last six years, so it, it's been quite the quite the midseason of the NFL midseason NFL awards. And there's probably plenty of people listening that hate everything I just said, as well as you. So it could go just about any direction. But 
we're not going to stick with just NFL awards. We also got college awards. You know what? We figured while we're here, we like to do rankings. Let's take a look at the Heisman watch as well, too. And Kelsey, we can go take a look at your list first for the Heisman. How do you, how do you think this is going to play out? It's wide open compared to the previous few years, but I, I think this year uh, you could go just about anybody as long as there's one guy in particular on there. Well, I mean, I, I feel like we both have two guys in particular that we have to put on our list. Uh, and one of those might be a shock to most, but I'll go and just pop it up here right now. And I'd even say there's three. I'd say right now the front, my front three are the three I'm most comfortable with in the Heisman watch. The last two, I feel like you can plug and place a couple guys in this situation, but I have him ranked number one, Kenneth Walker the third, uh, out, of, out of Michigan State, coming over from Wake Forest and what he's been able to do to this for this team. Uh, I mean, it's been outstanding. As long as he shows up against Ohio State, I feel like he has a grand opportunity to uh, to walk away with this Heisman. With that said, uh, Bryce Young, number two. I, I feel like he's done nothing wrong other than that Texas A&M game. That's Where the worst game. 38 points. Like. Yeah, he, he still put up points in that team. And it's like, oh, okay, well, I can't really take anything away from you because you haven't done anything wrong. You just haven't done anything crazy right. And, and that's kind of where I'm like, well, he's there, but he's not done anything more. But I think the one that surprises a lot of people, unless you've been watching Georgia football this season, <laughs> is big old Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle, nose guard, whatever you want to call him. He is a wall of a man in the middle of the field. And if you watch any sort of trench football, this is the guy you're watching and you're just like, wow, that's not fair. Like there's <laughs> there's nothing fair about watching what this dude is doing. It is just absolutely beating up on people and just just dominating. It is fantastic to watch. I I mean I've been we we did we've done two games with Georgia, I believe, so far this season. And both games, I've just been enamored by what he's doing every he's, single time. It's they got guys like Carter and Wyatt standing behind him that could be first yeah. round picks that don't get any burn because he's so dominant. Or if they have to take off a D tackle, they're the ones that get pulled off when they would be the number one guy on every other team. It's at, he's yeah, incredible. And, and you have a guy by the name of Nicobe Dean, you have Nolan over there on on that line as well. That they get all overshadowed by what Jordan Davis has been doing. And by the way, all these guys I just mentioned are gonna be drafted probably in the first round. And so it's like Jordan Davis is absolutely making a name for himself. Probably, in my opinion, he will be the first defensive lineman since Indomitian Sue to finish in the top four of the Heisman voting list. But that takes me to number four, and that's Matt Corral. This is kind of where I get into the place where I can plug in place, guys. I love what Matt Corral's been able to do as a quarterback. I think he's been a fantastic quarterback. And unfortunately, I think that loss to Auburn is that nail in the coffin. Not from anything he did. He got injured. He came back. He played valiantly. He actually had a one heck of a game. But you got beat by Bo Nix. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's going to bounce back from when you have that Bo Nix smiling face on your resume as an LD. Like, you, you can't bounce back from that. That's an autumn. That's the end of it. Yeah, like if honestly, if it was anybody but Bo Nix <laughs> that beat him, I'd be more okay. I would be more inclined to even maybe put him ahead of, ahead of Jordan Davis, and that's just because of the season he's he's able to have. But you lose to Bo Nix, and he is so inconsistent as a quarterback. Yes, he has some upside, and Bo Nix does. But Matt Corral should never lose to a guy head-to-head. Like, his stats weren't even better than Bo Nix's. And, and credit that to Auburn's defense, but, I, I mean, head-to-head, you look at that, too, across the across the way. They still scored points. They just could not beat an Auburn team who had Bo Nix at, at quarterback. And that's just – that's the nail in the cob for me. That's why I don't think he'll win it, but I do think he ends up in New York for this for the ceremony. And then, man, that fifth – this fifth award right here, Kenny Pickett, man, out of pit. What a story for him this season. Um, I, I feel like – He's a guy that I just I, I root I'm rooting for right now. I want to see him in the next level. I've been watching a lot of his tape, getting ready for the draft and stuff coming up next season, and getting ready for our draft boards and things. And he does a lot of things right. Not, doesn't have the doesn't have the most explosive arm, but he can get it there. I, he, there's no question whether he can get the ball downfield or not. 
he kind of reminds me of just a couple guys that just sneak in every year at the last second and turn out to be pretty good quarterbacks in the NFL, at least for a couple years, and then they go on. And and honestly, it's I don't want to re- say he reminds me of Derek Anderson, but in a way, the way he delivers the ball, he reminds me of Derek Anderson. Just the it's it's just a subtle, simple motion that gets the ball there, and that's and it's 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 kind of like it almost reminds me of a baseball motion, which is why I say Derek Anderson. But I don't want to compare it to him because I think he could be more successful than Derek Anderson. But I do think Heisman watch wise, I think he has de- definitely played himself into a Heisman watch. And if they take five finalists, I don't see why they shouldn't take him. You know, I like those last two. I actually think those could be the first two quarterbacks taken in the NFL draft. I think that that's where they could be very likely going as well, too. I mean, I think Kenny Pickett, I compare him to Matt Ryan right now. I mean, there's plenty of time yeah. with off seasons to compare him, but we, we could go through that all in all in the, we have plenty we, of time. For that the one's NFL coming draft. up later on down the season, that comparison to for sure. Exactly. We got plenty of time for that, but I'm going to jump into my Heisman watch too. It's really quickly. We have the same thing. Kenneth Walker's still that dude. Bryce Young, you said everything about him. I have CJ Stroud, the Ohio State quarterback at three. And I know a lot of Ohio State fans kind of actually hate him because he's He's kind of like a very salt-infested heart rate. It's very up and down trying to keep track of him sometimes. When he's up, though, he is absolutely fantastic. He can throw for 500 yards a game just like that and put it up with the best of them. He had four straight games of, I think it was 350-plus yards before they ran into Nebraska, who is underratedly pretty decent, by the way. They don't have wins, but every time they play a good team, it's always close. They never lost by double digits to a rank to the teams in the top 10 this year, if I'm not mistaken. They played four of them now, and all of them are seven, eight, nine-point losses or, or less, so that's give him a, I'll give him a little bit of a slide for that considering he still put up what was it 350 on them he just had a boneheaded interception he's probably not going to win it but I think he being a if he can lead them to the playoffs and win the big 10 it's going to be on the back of Stroud as well as those guys like Olave and Henderson and Wilson but give, giving him the credit basically as the orchestrator of that offense number three that was CJ Stroud number four I have Jordan Davis everything you said the best player on the best team in the elite defense almost similar like how Manti Teo was a fun was one of the finalists, not quite the same statistical. He won't have the stats, but everything else about it screams Heisman. The number five, I have the surprise. I have Caleb Williams, the freshman quarterback from Oklahoma. Only played about half the season as he stole Spencer Rattler's job when Spencer Rattler struggling against I, Texas. I don't know how much he stole that job as much as Spencer Rattler handed it to him on a platinum platter. Just like, I suck. Here you go. He could have easily given it right back, though. I mean, he held on to that thing, and he walked away like a gangster in the night, slapped it over his bag in his back, and walked right out the door with it. And he's been fantastic since he took over. He's what we talk about Lamar Jackson doing the NFL, just putting up ridiculous yards, whether it's passing and rushing combined. It's kind of what Caleb Williams is doing right now at Oklahoma. Obviously, it's the Big 12. Defenses aren't elite. But they Oklahoma has a 17-game win streak going back to last year, the longest in all of FBS right now. And a lot of that is because Caleb Williams came in and saved the day. If they can continue the trend they're on right now, look out for Caleb Williams and maybe get an invite to New York as well too. If they win the Big Twelve, if they win the Big Twelve, get get to the playoff. You never know; it's going to be on the back of Caleb Williams. They still got some games going at Oklahoma State, which not really a rivalry, but is a rivalry. I mean, the Big Twelve championship game. Caleb Williams has been absolutely fantastic, and I think even if he's not going to win it this year, he probably isn't going to. Look out for him. I think he's going to be a finalist for a couple more years. I don't think this is the last we'll see him on the Heisman watch. And it's so wide open this year, we could plug and play like nine different guys. As long as Kenneth Walker and Bryce Young are in there, the rest feel like they're debatable this year. There's no locked-in guys. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I mean, yeah, I think I think that's exactly right. I mean, I just want to go back to your list real fast and, and look at C.J. Stroud. And and I, I, I like the pick of C.J. Stroud. I do. I just, for me, he's I – don't, I don't like that his own team doesn't trust him. I don't like the whole ha- having him sit out against a cupcake because they want to try to find something else. And, like – I don't like that at all. I like whatever Ryan Day had planned for that. That I feel like it backfired. And yeah, he's still a freshman. I, I mean, like let's not get let's not kid ourselves. He's a fantastic freshman, and man, he's going to be a pain in the butt for years to come. 
And him and Caleb Williams, I, I mean, I look at those two young guys and then Bryce Young, obviously still there, a young guy himself. Those three are going to be a pain in the butt trying to get off this Heisman Award list for the next three years. Like, uh, if they stay all three years, it's gonna, good luck trying to get them off this award list. Sure. I, f- I feel like this is going to be one of those where those three are just locked in every time. It's like when we had, it's like when you had a Tua his first year. He's basically one of the finalists his entire career at that point. Once he finally got his chance, it'll be something like that as well. Too. Or like Andrew Luck, who is runner up for what was it, two, three years in a row. So as long as you're playing, you're locked in. The difference is we got three of them that are now locked in. So this will be interesting how this one plays out. Yeah, absolutely. But that will do it with the tip-off, guys. If you guys haven't checked it out already, that is there. How we always start every episode. So in case you missed that. But that'll lead us to the main event brought to you by ColorCast. If you guys haven't checked out ColorCast yet, man, you guys are missing out. Every weekend, we are on ColorCast calling live games. It provides every fan a chance to team up and talk about their team in whatever way they want to. You can you can shoot the breeze. You can call a game professionally like DJ and I do, or you can do something in between. ColorCast is absolutely the way to do it. It's on iOS only right now, so go check that out if you have an Apple device. It's absolutely fantastic. And we'll be calling a few games again this weekend, so can't wait for that, DJ. I mean, man, ColorCast, right? It's, it's, uh, fantastic. it's the new age of sports commentary app as well, too. What we're doing right now, you could do that on the app. You could listen. It's like a radio slash live play, but play. it gives you everything you want. I mean, what more can you want? It's a free download. You scan it. You're, you log in. You make a profile. You log in with Facebook, whatever you want to do, and you chat, and you can chat with the commentators. You can chat with the listeners. It's a whole new experience that they that's re, revitalizing the sports audio community. Absolutely. And we actually have a show every Sunday morning with Zach Kyleman of the Gridiron Gallery and, and every occasionally uh, Jim from JDAS Show and, and Hector will make appearances as well. Uh, the 4th and 4th show every Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern time where you get, we get you guys ready for the NFL pregames. And that'll take us right into the main event, DJ. Give us your highs and lows from this last week. I know it's been absolutely exciting. But let's go ahead and get started with your highs. We're going to do all three highs at the same time. We're going to switch it up a little. It's a 100 episode. We got we can't do everything the same every time. So we're gonna we're gonna let you do all three highs at the same time, and then I'll go my, in my highs, and then you knock out your lows. All right, we'll start with the highest of highs. I'm gonna go with number one, looking at the Golden State Warriors. The Bay is back. Steph Curry looking MVP form, averaging about 30 points a game. At the time of this recording, they were only had one loss on the season. Running through everybody, the young man out of Michigan, Jordan Poole, coming in averaging about 18, 19 points as well, with about four or so assists and shooting a really high percentage. Clay Thompson is still going to be coming back. They have a lot of youngest. The strength and numbers Warriors feel like they're back, and it's going to be led by Steph Curry, who right now is looking like he's going to have an MVP caliber season. He's going to go on an absolute tear if he can stay healthy. When Clay gets back, you know he's coming with a vengeance. Clay is not coming to half, but he's going to come back. Look for him to score 40 in his first game off of like one dribble. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he does that as well, too. Warriors look as good as ever, and they're going to be a force in the West. When we did our preseason NBA predictions, we talked about we think they'd make the playoffs. We just weren't quite sure what was left or what the rebuild was like yeah they reloaded real quickly that was those last couple of years of Steph being hurt and Clay being hurt that was probably the worst thing that happened in the NBA because now the Warriors got those early picks that they turned into some serious firepower and now we're going to go to the Midwest and we're going to Soldier Field I'm looking at Chicago for my second high but not just Chicago that young man number one who plays quarterback Justin Fields I know he's going to have a really rough rookie season when it's all done it has been terrible for him unfortunately right now he's one of the lowest QBRs, a lot of interceptions, getting been sacked relentlessly. But if you actually watch him play each and every game, he gets a little bit better in one asset or another, whether it's reading the defense, slightly moving, it's different things like that, the accuracy, the seeing things as they happen. He's been getting a little bit better each game, each play. We saw that really personified in the second half of that Steelers game when he when they needed the comeback. They were down, I believe it was 14-0, 14-3. He led them back and basically won the game 
until the Steelers came down and kicked a field goal because their defense let him down. And then some questionable things down the stretch we'll probably talk about a little bit later as well, too. We won't get too deep into that. But play by play, we've seen Justin Fields improve. He obviously still has his holes. He, I think he needs to work on understanding protections just a little bit better. I think that's probably the reason he gets hit so much is they have a blocking scheme. It's like, all right, in paper, this will work. Oh, wait, you left Miles Garrett unblocked. Maybe you should have adjusted the other way and left somebody else on Like little things like that he'll get with time. Very few guys know protection quite that well right out of the gate. But Justin Fields, if you watch him each play, more and more confident. He looks absolutely fantastic. I love what I'm seeing from him. Yeah, we have a comment saying Bears love and I can't believe it too, but he's been absolutely sensational. I was high on him before that draft. We can go back and listen to it. I think he's starting to meet that mark as well too. So keep an eye out. Even if at the end of his rookie year, everyone's like, oh, he had a bad year. He's, he's not the future. Look out for him. He's keep, he keeps climbing. Next year, he could really be one of those quarterbacks that has that second-year, third-year explosion and surprises everybody. Yeah, and I got to go back to uh, you talked about Golden State. Oh, one dribble, Clay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Clay Thompson and his and his fifty some odd points off of one dribbles or whatever. But no, uh, I, Justin Fields. Look, man, I, I got to talk about this because this is I picked the Bears to win and uh, in, in over the Steelers. And Zach, who is our Bears fan uh, on fourth and four, tried to talk me out of it, and <laughs> that was the the end of our show and. And it was purely down to I. I mean, I agree. I feel like Justin Fields is right there on the precipice of making that that next step. And the moment they fire Matt Nagy, I swear that team is going to just skyrocket through the roof. And it's, I'm sorry, NFC North, you're going to be looking at at Justin Fields as your next Lord and Savior, King mm-hmm. of the North. In that in that case, like, good luck trying to stop anybody else. It's not going to be Aaron Rodgers and his whatever anymore. Mm-hmm. It's going to be it's going to be Justin Fields and this Bears team. I mean, the defense is just honestly they're just on the wrong page right now. Once they get on the same page, they'll look a lot better. And they started to show it against the the, the end of the Steelers game, uh, trying to get getting it together basically, just like just enough. And honestly, had it not been for those, um, how do I word this? Questionable miscues, uh, official miscues. Yeah, the, the miscues, questionable like... year of the referee moments um, at the end of that game, including which, by the way, I didn't know you can get a personal foul taunting for. The ref walking into you, I that was still. Well, a- we're gonna talk about that later. Don't you worry. <laughs> that will be a discussion as well too. And before to get us rolling as well too, I will mention. I talked about next year, Just Fields. If they decide to fire Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, the GM and the head coach, as they should, bring in Lewis Riddick. He's the Monday yeah. Night guy on ESPN. He is a sensational football mind and loves himself some Justin Fields. And then bring in Kellen Moore as your head coach, offense coordinator out of Dallas. Cowboys no. fans will hate that because he's sensational. No. <laughs> you look at what he's done with Dak and that offense. What he's brought the last few years. And even with Mike McCarthy coming in, he kept Kellen Moore around, and you see why. He would be sensational for Just Fields. They obviously have some work to do on the offensive line. It's growing, coming together. But if they do something like that, a big splash move at the head coach GM type of thing, with those later picks, the second-round picks and what they have, they're going to be a splash team next year, especially if Aaron Rodgers does leave like we're potentially anticipating. We'll see how it happens. Look out below everybody else. But that team is, as you mentioned, Justin Fields is going to be on the precipice, and I look for him to be a surprise guy next year. But – that's why I'm high on him. You can see each and every play is getting a little bit better. It's never going to blow you off. He's not going to win rookie of the year. It's never going to blow you out of the water. I mean, he's not going to have a 400 yard passing game like a rookie Cam Newton or Andrew Luck or anything like that. He's not going to have the RG three super scamper against Minnesota for like 70 yards or anything like that. But yeah, look, you can see him getting a little bit better each and every play. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I have to agree wholeheartedly. I, I, I other than the Kellen Moore thing, I'm all, and I'm I'm it. Eric Bieniemy is a good option to bring in like an offensive mind as a head coach that could put together plays. Eric Bieniemy would be a fantastic coach for Justin Fields. He would, oh my gosh, he would have so much fun. Absolutely, either one of those guys, somebody in that same type of mold, someone like that as well too. And then that'll bring me to my final high. We're gonna stay in the north. 
I'm looking at the Browns bouncing back big time when they look like they were all but dead to water. You had the Odell situation this entire week playing out. Everyone knows about that right now. Should he stay? Should he go? Well, he's definitely gone now. And you have the Bengals, a team that we thought the reason we all picked him was we thought them coming out that loss to the Jets. They come in with a fire, not looking for a track in the Battle of Ohio, quote unquote. And the Browns absolutely stomped him out. Nick Chubb got loose up looking like young Nick Chubb at Georgia. We saw Baker Mayfield only complete 14 passes, including a 60-yard bomb to Donovan Peoples-Jones. We saw him make big-time clutch throws to David Njoku. It was all, he was fan, he was really, really well. Probably one of his best games of the season. That defense is lights out, led by Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward when he's healthy. That team looks like a playoff team yesterday. And I will say, though, all that being said, I was a little bit, it made me feel some type of way and not in a good way. Watching him throw that deep on the Donovan Peoples-Jones, that post route against cover four. I was like, really? You had o- you didn't you couldn't throw that when you had Odell. You never really tried to even. We broke it down when he played the Chargers. They had his scissors concept against that same cover four with Odell on the deep post, and you checked it down into the flat with plenty of protection. So I was I'm feeling a little bit like, really, your first pass of the game is when you throw it deep. I mean, it worked, so that was a great job. But that had me feeling like, really, this is – all right, so now we get to see it. But Donovan Peoples-Jones, fantastic. Like, Browns bounce bouncing back in a big way. That's my final high of this weekend. I think this might be able to be just what they needed to turn themselves around. They seem to play better without Odell because there's the ball just kind of spreads out a little bit more evenly, I guess. I don't know, but we'll see what they what they showed on Sunday. If they carry that through the rest of the season, good luck stopping that run, especially when Kareem Hunt gets healthy as well, too. Now that they have Dearness Johnson and Demetrius Felton, we'll see how the COVID and the running back room thing plays out. But that's a that's a deep team where the ball can go just about anywhere. Oh, absolutely. Look, I, you know, it's funny you mentioned the the Donovan Peoples-Jones bomb, and my whole thought to that was, huh, so he can throw it that far. I wonder how bad that hurt. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, my next thought being, well, great, now we're going to have to hear about Odell not getting me on the receiving end of some of those. But I, I still think there's a, there's a lot more behind the scenes of this that we don't know. Um, that even came – I mean, there's more that came out even just this week that since the game that, that we didn't know about before. And, I mean, I think – there's more to this whole Adele thing. I think, I think the injuries play a big part. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing. 100%. But seeing him with the ability to uncork that 45 yards and not being scared to let it rip. I'm like, well, okay, then would have been nice to have seen that before when you had 13, but that's a whole nother issue as well too. Kelsey, that's going to take us to your highs. What are you high on this week? And in just in general in sports? Well, I'm going to go ahead and start off the Odell side. And I'm going to say I'm high on Odell clearing waivers and deciding that he will get healthy before picking his next team. That's the likely, that's the, the been the report that's been coming out. He is likely going to take his time and before picking his next team, which is fantastic, which is what, what I'm saying. I feel like there's more behind the scenes to all of this than there was just angst in the locker room. Like I feel like this injury for, for, for Odell was a little bit more hampering than he even expected. I mean, I, I can't count how many times I saw him go down on the sidelines on those shoulders and he just stayed down, you know, I, and that makes me worry a little bit about him. Uh, about that going forward, but that's, I mean, that's number one for me, obviously. I just, I like Odell. I want the best for the rest of his career. I think he can be, go back to being successful. I don't think he's dead in the water like some people do at this point in time. I think he has a a great future, as long as he goes to the right team and doesn't decide to mortgage his future on the San Francisco 49ers. Um, Uh, Green Bay, uh, there's an option for you. Or Seattle, like, don't go to Seattle either. Like, those are the two that I'm just like, don't, don't do this. Don't hemorrhage yourself by doing this again. Don't do New Orleans. I mean, I know in theory it sounds great if Jameis Winston was healthy maybe, but, like, do you really want Trevor, Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill as the guys to kind of get you that next? Uh, don't do that. There's a few options, and they're pretty straightforward. Hopefully he picks one of them. Hopefully he picks Indianapolis. Them. I still say Indianapolis. He would have so much fun with Carson Wentz. 
Um, I, we'll see. I they just for some reason I don't see it meshing, but we'll see. In theory, it would, but like they have to get to that point first. Absolutely. Well, that'll take me to the second one, though. Odell obviously being number one. Number two is despite everything going on in Green Bay, despite all the Aaron Rodgers situation, the Lafleur Rodgers arguments, the Rodgers immunization drama, we finally get the return of the bearded man, the drunk wonder, the chugger himself, David Bakhtiari, coming back from from the injury. He will be returning. Which, I, I mean, look, I. I've not been happier to see somebody come back to the, to, to the game since since seeing this because that ruptured Achilles last season tortured tortured Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. Like there was no hope for for the Packers once Bakhtiari went down, and it was obvious. Like it was just downhill from there. And and look, as I'll say what you will about Bakhtiari on the field, off the field, he's a great dude. Does a lot for the for the Wisconsin area, and honestly, nobody else I've seen chugs a beer like he does. <laughs> So and he might be the best chugger I've ever seen. And that's good for Aaron Rodgers because we talked about he's had to dodge shots basically the entire season. So now you won't have to worry about your blindside shots as much too, just the ones you see coming. So good, yeah. good on him finding a way to get around that. I think I, I think David Bakhtiari can make a big difference going on the stretches. They're competing for that number one seed. They've looked good without him. I can only imagine how good they're going to look with him. And A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, like, thank goodness. We can run off left tackle and be sealed every time. Not that they've yeah, been weak but... there, but Bakhtiari is different. Yeah, it won't matter the seal on that one, whether it's left or right. He'll... He'll he'll make sure all the seals are are, are are clean and 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 the best look and that's the best part about this offensive line for for the Packers. It was going to get healthy eventually. Obviously, you lost Lindsley, and that's a huge miss. Anyways, you you screwed that one up. But at least you have Bakhtiari coming back, and that's my second positive because I just I couldn't I like I'm literally I love watching offensive line play. I love watching trench play. This guy is one of the best at it. Um, I've always say it. I've been saying it for the last three seasons. I feel like I haven't not put him in my top five lists the last three seasons for tackles. So uh, I think the only time he was outside of it was when we did it just based off of team, team-based team offensive lines. And that was just because, well, there was only two offensive linemen for the Packers at the time. Uh, but that takes me to number three, and that is the best corner in Dallas right now. And his name is not Trayvon Diggs. Anthony Brown quietly having himself a career season in pass breakups, in like passes deflected, yards given up as a corner he is leading the league in yards given up by the corner in the other side of things Trayvon Diggs is giving up the most <laughs> Anthony Brown is giving up the least which shocking well shocking. I guess when the other guy's given up so much there's only it's like the opposite it's like the non Osmo effect his numbers look great because no one threw at him like the reason honestly the reason Trayvon Diggs is going to end up with probably 10 interceptions is because nobody wants to throw at Anthony Brown right now he is having a career year the dude's about to play himself into a fantastic contract, whether he deserves it or not for long-term success. Well, that's a different conversation for another day, but this season he is playing himself into a nice fancy contract to go forward. And man, it is something to watch as a Cowboys fan who has to sit here and tell everybody, no, Trayvon Diggs is not the best. Hmm. Please stop saying that to see Anthony Brown over here, just quietly doing, going about his, his business and, and doing everything the right way. It's, it's, it's amazing to watch. Um, don't get me wrong. Credit to Trayvon Diggs. You know, you play the lottery enough, you're going to win eventually. Um, but it feels like a one-hit wonder type of situation. Until he can learn how to cover somebody deep. He keeps getting blown off the ball, then it's not going to help anybody. But Anthony Brown, uh, that's my third high for the, the this, this 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 point in the season. He's my third high. I've gone this long without talking about him because I didn't want to jinx it. Hmm. But I feel like halfway through the season, it's been time. it's been time enough. It is time to mention Anthony Brown as a possible Pro Bowl corner 
along with, I'd say if they're going to give it to him, they're going to give it to Trayvon Diggs as well. So you might see two Cowboys corners in the in the Pro Bowl for the first time, I think, ever. Might just be as well, too. Granted, I hope they probably don't want to play in the Pro Bowl, but that's a whole other story as well, too. Well, yeah. you got you to gotta take the good with the bad here. You play you, Again, you play the lotto enough times, you're going to win. You play the lotto enough times, you're going to lose. So Fair play as well, too. But that's very interesting, too. Anthony Brown is not the one they talk about a lot because Trayvon Diggs is the one that makes the numerical impact. But Anthony Brown has been very, very good. I mean, even in that, even in that Broncos game, he wasn't getting torched quite as often as well as everybody else was. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough to say you know it's tough to say when you get beat twenty eight to nothing like yeah you had a good game but he actually did have a pretty good game all all things considered absolutely as well too so that's gonna take us now into the lows we've gone through the highs now it's gonna get a little bit lowly down here so if you're if you need some sunshine or rainbows we are sorry in advance but I'm gonna start right away and get I'm just looking at the Raiders and their off off the field issues and everything just finally starting to catch up with them. That was a rough game against the Giants. They had some moments early, but you could just tell like everything was wearing on. They'll never admit to it. They will always say, nope, they just played bad. But the John Gruden, the Henry Ruggs, now Damon Arnett getting cut for his tomfoolery. Like eventually it's got to stop, right? Like eventually it's just got to stop wearing on. But they ended up falling to the Giants really late in the game. It, there's a lot going on there. And event, it's clearly starting to catch up with them a little bit. They do have a great opportunity to bounce back against in-division rival Chiefs. They beat the Chiefs. That's going to put them right back towards the top of the division, at least tied with the Chargers, but losing the tiebreaker, if I'm not mistaken. And you get a chance to more or less bury the bully of your division if you get if you hit them, if you beat them this week. So I'll put the Chiefs even farther down. So very, they have a chance to bounce back, but right now it's, it's hard not to be a law on them with everything that's going on there and unfortunately how it looks to be affecting them right now. So we'll, we'll see. There's room to bounce back. I do love that you had Derek Carr up there. He deserves it. But as a whole, it's like, uh, it's like the black hole has become the entire organization, unfortunately, right now. It's a, it's a question because obviously we talked about their offensive line coming into the season too. And I, I think that's a big part of this as well. This sort of trudge we're seeing from, is it finally the time where the, the, the pieces are falling apart for the greater good? Like, are they, are they no longer greater than the sum of their parts? Is that where they're finally at with their offensive line considering everything else is falling apart? Like, I don't, I don't know, but yeah, I, I do think if they could beat Kansas city this week. Wow. Um, I don't. I don't feel bad about putting Derek Carr at MVP at that point in time. Like, just give that man the MVP today. And Kansas City is very is struggling a whole lot, but this could be a big statement game for them, nonetheless. And if Kansas City wins, that puts them right back in the thick of it. Well, so it's a it's a very big underrated game on Sunday night coming up as well too. That's going to take me to my second low, and I'm going back to the Bay, and I'm looking at Kyle Shanahan. He continues to underperform as a head coach. Everyone loves Kyle Shanahan because he's so dynamic with his offensive schemes. It's so much fun, all the motions. He's so quarterback friendly. His offenses are great. You take away the 2019 Super Bowl run, he has a one. He has a two to one loss to win record. Not win to loss, loss to win. If I'm not mistaken, it's about 18 to 39 if, or something along those lines. He has really, really struggled outside of that Super Bowl run. He with Jimmy Garoppolo. The injuries, obviously, you try and put in other guys. He, I think he's mishandling this Trey Lance situation. I don't think they have a good way to utilize them. If you didn't want to play Trey Lance this season, you shouldn't have really played him at all. But this back and forth they've been doing feels kind of awkward. You see all the other rookie quarterbacks coming in doing pretty decently. They got, they I don't think they've shuffled it very well. It sounds like you don't believe in Trey Lance is what how they're basically making it look. And then the Brandon Ayuk thing, he's in your doghouse all season. He was an explosive rookie last year, one of the best rookie receivers last year. And this year, he can't buy a, buy a game where they give him the ball. It's all Debo Samuel or bust. The defense is drastically regressed. I mean, Nick Bosa is still a fantastic player, but uh, we haven't. That defense as a whole, him and Fred Warner, they're great, but the whole defense has fallen apart. And I just don't feel like Kyle Shannon's managed his job as the head coach very well recently. I feel like that's really, really kind of fallen off this year, considering we always talk about the 49ers, great organization, great roster, great head coach, well, like all those great things about him. 
maybe we got to start reconsidering that. I mean, they 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 just lost to Arizona, missing Kyler Murray, Nuke, AJ Green. J- what's his name? Chase Edmonds was hurt on like the second play. They let James Conner and Colt McCoy yeah. absolutely toast them, and they didn't get into it until the and end Christian of the game. Kirk. What was that? And Christian Kirk. Yeah, they're like, my goodness, you can't you can't lose that game if you're the 49ers, if you're a great, well-run organization with a great head coach and great roster, all those other things they say about him. So I'm really low on the 49ers and the Kyle Shanahan. Unfortunately, his era in San Francisco has not really lived up to expectations as much as everyone wants to say it does. Brilliant offense coordinator, head coach, some question marks. I have a question for you because I've mentioned this a couple times when we did fourth and four and then um, on a couple other shows as well that I've, I've, I've uh, guessed it on. And I even talked to you about this off air. Aaron Rodgers to San Francisco if it turns out they don't trust Trey Lance. Is that a possibility in any way, shape, or form? Because I feel like as I'm watching this season go by, it's more and more a possibility. I don't think he's going to want to go there looking at how it's playing out. The offensive line is pretty solid but still shaky. Mike McClinchy's out for the season as well. You have George Kittle, which is fantastic. Your receivers, Debo Samuel is great, but he's very boomer bust. He gives you 170 yards and he gives you 30. Brandon Ayuk, does he get the ball? Running backs, they do cycle guys in pretty effectively. That's one thing they do really well is they can cycle guys in there, but they don't make big impacts. I don't know if he'd want to go there, honestly. Like If he does, that's great. And Kyle Shanahan and him could have a lot of fun, but they don't have any picks to really bolster the team. I don't know how much cap space they'll have bringing in Aaron Rodgers with some of the guys they have coming up as well. You're paying Jimmy as well. You've got Trey Lance in there. I don't know, man. I think they might have bit off a little more than they could you. We talked about during draft coverage. The pick should have been Justin Fields, and that's not against Trey Lance. It's because if you're Kyle Shanahan, you, you clearly don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo. That's going to be a problem. We talked about in the preseason prediction. This thing doesn't feel, this feels like it's going to be a disaster waiting to happen, honestly. And it's not even fully Jimmy G's fault or Trey Lance's fault. It's just the dynamic doesn't always add up. When you have a backup quarterback like, back like that, you need to have a certified, established veteran that's basically on the way out. Like when you grabbed what you thought was Aaron Rodgers coming in for Brett Favre at the end of his career, he was well-established. Jimmy Garoppolo, you were basically saying, we don't want you. If we could trade you, we would. But we're going to have you to go out there and take the wound so we could maybe be a little more competitive. But the whole thing was just a mess. And Kyle Shannon just, I hate to say it, but he has really underperformed as the head coach, unfortunately, at, at San Francisco. Maybe he still gets one more year, but it's not look good if you take away 2019. If you just take away that one year, there's not been a model of consistency. Granted, injuries, that's obviously a big thing. Jimmy Garoppolo, the injury history is probably the reason you look to replace him, and he's been injured a lot. So we'll see. If Trey Lance works out next year and comes in and just absolutely thrives, this is a whole different scenario. My, my thought is, what if you don't make it out of the season? What if you falter badly at the back end of the season? Then what do you do? Because you put a lot of eggs into a lot of baskets, and they haven't, they've been kind of scrambled a little bit. They have not looked good. A lot of eggs in the Jimmy Garoppolo basket. It was great for a year, but, yeah, it's not looking too great now. So we'll, we'll see what they do. Aaron Rodgers obviously changes a lot of things, but I, I don't know. I'm, I don't like how things have been going in the Shanahan era overall. Yeah, I just have to ask, because it's always a consideration when you talk about San Francisco, considering that is – his hometown and everything. So absolutely. That would be interesting. Definitely something to look out for. And maybe, maybe they can flip things around and suddenly Brandon Ayuk is no longer in the doghouse. Cause Aaron Rodgers cocky arm self. He just throws it to him, whether it's called for him or not, he'll do what he wants. So who, who knows? They'll find a way, <laughs> but my final one, we alluded to it earlier. So now it's time to go after it. Tony Correnti and the crew with an embarrassment for the ages. As far as officiating goes on Monday night football, the penalties right. they called were absolutely dramatically where Ben Roethlisberger gets slapped. It's a, it's roughing the passer. Just fields gets hit sticked. It's not, Get smacked in offsides left and right. You call some, you don't call the other, including on the final play of the game. Helmets across, helmets not across. Obviously, we're go, we're getting to it, but the, the of course the biggest one, the taunting because he quote unquote stared down after the play, and then he you lean back into him, you pop your booty out like it's a Nicki Minaj video, and then flick your flag and hold the Kobe at the end of it while holding it like you just shot garbage into a wastebasket. 
He didn't just throw the flag. He held it at the very top with a little finger roll and looks down. I think it was Marsh was his last name. The linebacker who just got a sack. Fantastic play, flipping the momentum. And just like that, it absolutely gets twisted on its head. And to make it worse, at the end of it, Mike Tomlin's like, oh, I love the new rule. It is absolutely great. He's the same guy that plays punt coverage. He plays kickoff coverage against Jacoby Jones. Like, let's reel it in a little bit as well, too. You, it's The idea in theory is not bad. You want to take away taunting and some of the shenanigans, I guess. But execution's poor. There's no way to properly execute it because it's so subjective. What is taunting? What is celebrating? What is acceptable? What is, I don't want to say malicious because that sounds like it's violent. But, like, what has so the wrong what intent? Has, what has malicious intent? I, mean, like, I, I do you think what that's has safe a, to say. What has an insulting intent? What doesn't? I mean, they're supposed to be role models, that sort of thing. And you want to set a better example. But this was just ridiculous. You make a fantastic play and look at the sideline for three seconds and then get bumped into. Like, my goodness, they have the. I've been as friendly to officials as anybody on these sort of things because I know how hard of a job that is. I have refereed for basketball and I swear to goodness, if you miss one call, there were people chasing you with pitchforks and it's exhausting. And especially, you a, especially AAU basketball. Good luck if you play. Exactly. If you, if you, if you referee AAU basketball and you miss one call, um, I hope you wear a bulletproof vest nowadays because there's. Some of these parents are crazy. It's a good thing these hands work. Otherwise, I could have been in danger <laughs> as well, too. But the point is, like, I understand officiating. And it's you get paid a handsome salary, so you're held to a high standard. Obviously, it's not a full-time job. It's basically like a contract work, and you don't get any benefits. You have to go back to your normal job. But this was just awful. Like, this wasn't bad officiating. You miss a call. You miss calls. That's fine. You miss so many calls in this one. That's not just bad officiating. It's sticking your butt out and bumping into him, then flicking the flag and holding it while you stared him down after throwing the flag, too. Like, you gave him a good five-second stare. They should have been taunting on you. Like, my yeah. goodness, this was the worst officiating I've seen since Touchception, the Monday Night Football replacement refs of 2014-2015, whatever year it was. Like, <laughs> or this was just embarrassing. Oh, God. Yeah. Like, this one This one was just painful to watch. And I obviously, I don't think officials are all bad. I'm not trying to say, like, every officiating, say all the NFLs are official bad. You got to restart them, all that sort of. Not someone who complains about them every week. But this one in particular is the one that's, like, my goodness, like the year of the ref is the Kelsey call. DJ's usually like, eh, I give a little more leeway because I understand how painful it is. But this is, my goodness, this is the decade of the ref. This takes the cake, and it's a disgusting cake. Yeah, this was, uh, this is why I keep calling it the year of the ref. Every, it feels like every week we get another call that's just like, what is happening? Or I feel another like this, I put this one calls. in a different category than those. That's yeah. why, I, like, this one was just, my good. And it's on prime time as well. And even the announcers at some points were like, uh, yeah, 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 like, even at points they had to try and justify because well, they couldn't just be like, well, that was stupid. But to, to be fair, Brian Greasy wasn't really paying attention to the game anyways, considering he called an extra point, a field goal, and then he thought they would go for two. And then he's like, no, it's a field goal. Never mind. Brian it, Greasy it, was all over the place last night. It was just, anyways. I just hope we never seen officiate anything like that again. Tony Corrente and that crew, I'm not saying you have to be fired, but don't don't let them call. Let, take, give them the week just, off. Give them two give, the, off. This is why we need repercussions for refs, period. It, they need repercussions for messing up. And this is why they should be full-time employees. That this should be their only job. This it, that's all you do. You have all the business. Your list as an NFL employee. You could do what the NBA does with like that two-minute review, that sort of thing as well. To hold. And what sucks is the NFL with the taunting rule makes them have to throw that fly because they get reviewed independently by the NFL. And if they miss those calls, they basically get chastised for it. So yeah, they're forced absolutely. to throw those calls because if they don't, they they end up basically hearing from from the employer, which is a problem as well. So the whole thing just needs to be revamped. And Tony Crenty and that crew needs to take. They need to take a couple weeks off. You can't booty bump into a player, then hold a coat, hold, throw a flag, and hold it afterwards. You're taunting him while throwing the flag in a huge moment of the game. That was yeah. absolutely terrible. And I picked the Steelers, so I was cool with it. It made my pick them slightly less embarrassing. Well, it, you know, uh, yeah, we'll leave that one alone. So, um, gonna get, it can only get go downhill. 
Yeah, and and we're about to go down a deep dark hill uh, with my lows. Oh, as, here we go. Yeah, so I'm just going to be quick with. I'm gonna be quick with the first first one. This one is a well of a story. And if you guys haven't heard what's happening with the Suns and Robert Sarver, go look it up. Uh, this is absolutely despicable what I've been hearing, and, and this is another case where we're just. What is wrong with owners? I mean, what what makes you think owning a team get get gets you to do whatever you want to do? Like, why is that a consideration for these owners? I don't get it. Um, yeah, you have a lot of money. Cool. Don't be a piece of crap. It Seems should be that simple. simple. Like, but yet here we are, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna leave it at that and just say, look, if you guys don't know the story, go look it up. Robert Sarver is a walking turd if you're if everything that's coming out is true they, yeah. they need the they need the sterling this thing and they got to figure a way to get take care of that but i agree with yeah. you it's absolutely despicable some of these things like damn we're we really are in the we really are in the dark part with your lows too like damn we're we're going downhill i thought i was hoping for some humor here but you, you bring uh yeah no i'm gonna get to that one at the at the end hopefully <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll see i don't know <laughs> um but yeah like that this is like poor chris paul uh has played for donald sterling and now here with robert sarver uh man um now here's my question is who's next uh just like the same question with the emails who's next um we'll have to wait and see but that's gonna move it, it move me on because i'm I, I can't stay on that story for forever because that one is yeah there's too much uh i'm gonna go to the football field talk about referees not not making calls or missing calls mac jones uh what he did to brian burns's leg we talked i, I there's a couple guys here and there that I uh, that in the NFL you kind of know when you go down, like they're gonna try something. Mac Jones, your quarterback, you should not be a guy that when when you give up a turnover, you twist the ankle of a man that's just tackled you or just knocked you down. Like, that should never happen. This should be way worse than it is, uh, and and it's just kind of getting blown over because well, it's a New England Patriots quarterback, and you know the love affair with Robert Kraft and Rod, Rod, Roger Goodell knows no bounds. Well, the fun part is, A, he has Miles Garrett coming to town this weekend. So try, good luck trying that Miles Garrett. You'll probably break your wrist trying to twist his ankle. My goodness, you've seen his biceps. I can only imagine what his ankles and his calves look like. Like, good luck with that one. And Brian Burns, even at the point said, even said afterwards, happy hunting, talking to all pass rushers when they go against the Patriots. And he's got he's got some pass rushers coming. He's got DeForest Buckner coming up later in the season. We mentioned Miles Garrett. Like, it's not over. I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, I think they play the Steelers as well, too, because I think they do deal yeah. with TJ Watt, if, if not – Good luck, good luck, Mac Jones. Like there is a target on your your ankle now, give or take as well too. And he's had a great season, but it's going to be completely overshadowed by this. And yeah, and RJ with the Jones is dirty AF. And, and look, I'm not going to disagree with that. Uh, he, he's a he's a grinded out quarterback who you see uh, took it a little too far for sure. And uh, I'm not much for a bounty gate, but a quiet bounty gate between defensive ends about maybe who can uh, cause the most havoc to Mac Jones. Everyone puts a couple thousand in the pot. Whoever has the best. You got jacked up. Remember that old segment from ESPN countdown. Everyone <laughs> yeah. ever has the best one of those. Now, gets all those, pot. all those are now penalties. But yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm not saying injure the guy. I'm saying knock him down, cause some fumbles. Who gets the some, best hit stick? Yeah, who can who can get the best turnover? Uh, who can who can be the one that gets the 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 quintessential sack fumble touchdown? Like who can get that? Who can get the trifecta on Mac Jones? Is is the goal? Unless somebody gets an interception on like a screen pass and then stiff arms him into oblivion, like Ladainian Tomlinson's MVP season he did against the Rams. Like there, there, there's look, look out, Mac Jones. That's really unfortunate. It's unfortunate it's come that way, but you can't be doing that. Like that's not even a tackling motion. That's 
that's like a jujitsu ankle lock in the street basically they don't even do that jujitsu like that was straight i'm going for i'm just gonna twist this where it shouldn't go yeah and then now to the final low for the week Uh, this one is talk about things people should not be doing (laughs) this one is just all around stupid and (laughs) it's Nikola Jokic, morris brother the Miami Heat, Denver Nuggets, game's washed, and Morris runs into Jokic under the rib cage. Jokic regains his balance and just blasts Morris in the back. We talked about it. I mean, we, so we had a conversation about this for like, what, 45 minutes yesterday, and we both kind of have the same ideas and then from, coming from different points of view. First of all, let me just say this. Everybody's in the wrong on this situation. Like, Morris, you, you, you the game's over. Don't, don't foul somebody like that. Nikola Jokic, you're the reigning MVP – you're gonna get checked every every once in a while, and especially especially with the attitude he likes to show, it's gonna happen. And then third, Jimmy Butler. I love Jimmy Butler so much, <laughs> but man, like that was I laughed watching it, watching him call Nikola Jokic because I'm like, one, he's Serbian, he's not gonna understand what it means to go out back, Jimmy. Two, have you seen Jokic's brothers? I don't think you want to mess with that, Jimmy. And three, well, it is Jimmy, so I like my odds. But it was just, it was all around just a goofy situation that it, for a moment, I was like, oh, wait, we're back in the bad boys of basketball. And then, like, not even three seconds later, it's like, oh, great. We're still in the flopping stage of basketball. Crap. Like, this situation was stupid. It got blown out of proportion. But I mean, everybody, everybody here is in the wrong. There's no doubt about it. And uh, yeah, this is, this was stupid. But by the way, Morris, uh, the Morris brothers are, are, in my opinion, still, the most trumped up, like, oh, we're the bad boys of basketball. No, you're not. Stop it. You went to Kansas. You guys know cornfields. Like, you don't. You're not Jimmy Butler. Like, I'm sorry. I would be more. I'm more more scared of Jimmy Butler than I am of the the Morris brothers. Like, period. There's a reason Floyd Mayweather said if anyone in the NBA could do boxing, Jimmy Butler would be the best one. I mean, like, there's there's a reason Floyd says that as well too. So I'd agree with you on that one. If you had told me one of them was coming after, I would be like, please not Jimmy. Yeah, just anybody but Jimmy. I'm cool with <laughs> it. Any anybody. Anybody with Jimmy and 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 RJ, and RJ with the right call here, fake enforcers, absolutely. Uh, I say yeah, too. Jokic has to be a little careful. He's starting to get a little bit of a dirty streak going himself. So there's the Terrence Ross, Ross file a couple years ago. Last year, obviously the camp the campaign won the tomahawk on the face, and now this yeah. from the back as well too. Like, gotta be a little careful, even if it is retaliation. You're starting to get a little bit of a dirty streak as well, and they might start giving you some Ron Artest type treatment where as soon as you do anything, it's a foul. Like, you gotta be careful, especially the way you play down low too. I mean, almost undercutting Bam right before that play happened as well too. When he oh yeah yeah like. I, look, he gets away. Like, let's, let's be honest, he gets away with a lot of stuff. Being a big guy, being a a spread big guy, um, mm-hmm. there's no doubt about it. But he also does get some shots taken at him, and I get it. Like, eventually, you're frustrated. You want to shoot, you know, shoot back. But there's times and places, and they are not in the middle of the court or swinging on a guy who is four foot ten mm-hmm. or hitting Terrence Ross ever. Don't Terrence Ross is he's a, it's Lance Stevenson. Just let him go. Like. And it was running away from him too. Like you, like it's you can't you can push people. That's fine, but you can't let it boil over or you do something dramatic like that. Like you can't let frust- you can get a frustration foul, but not a frustration ejection. That's where you got to reel exactly. it in. Just like you got to you got to redirect your rage. And and now you're you're suspended for a game, fined so many, so much money. Morris is fined thirty thousand for his partner. Like okay, cool. Jimmy Butler was fined like fifteen thousand for trying to 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 escalate it. I'm like, no, Jimmy was just he was doing the right thing. He's trying to. to to cover for his boy, but at the same time, he was doing it like half-heartedly. Like, yeah, I'm here for you, but you're still a Morris brother, so I don't really like. I've seen, I've seen what I've seen what you guys do to Luka Doncic's ankles and stuff too. So I'm a little bit, but like as a good teammate and as that dude, I'll do it. But just know I'm not happy about it. 
yeah, like I'm doing this just because you're wearing the same jersey as me, and that's about it. Like, uh, but no, that's, that's the whole thing. That, that's why this whole thing is just to me. I'm just like, oh, whatever. Like, uh, the NBA is going to NBA at the end of the day. At least they're not calling blatant those shooting fouls. At least we got those out of the way, though, right? I mean, like at least the flailing and turning into fouls all the time is gone. So we got that going for us. Yeah, at least, I guess. <laughs> and I'm trying to find least. a silver lining because that's a whole lot of stupid. And we had a whole lot of down on the back end of the lows. So Yeah, so that was that's going to end it for my lows. And that'll do it for our main event, which, yeah, the lows got some some dark, dark, dark down there. And unfortunately, that's just kind of the weeks that we, we go by. Um, they're just they are what they are. But as we get as we start to round this out, we're going to bounce back in our, one of our favorite segments. No, it's crunch time. It's how we like to end the show. Brought to you by Swift Lifestyles. Real clean, feel efficient. Basically, pre workout with all that without the pre workout side effects like the itchiness that comes with it as well. Too, I take it before I go to the gym all the time. Gives me a nice little boost as well too. And it's good if you like to game all night. Those type of things as well too. So, Kelsey, crunch time. We're going to go ahead and just bounce it right back to you. What do you have for crunch time? Where we like to kind of just go a little bit off script. Oh, a little bit off script. Let's <laughs> go a whole lot of bit off script. Man, I got to go to this Darren Williams Frank <laughs> Gore fight. I'm sorry, but has anybody knew that they even communicated ever in their career cuz I didn't even know those two knew each other. And if they don't, then why are you fighting each other? I could literally come up with 17 different fights between ex-athletes that actually communicate and I'm starting with Donovan McNabb and Tio. <laughs> That's the one I want to see. I don't care about seeing Frank Gore who could still play in the NFL today. And Darren Williams, who last time I saw Darren Williams looked like he's halfway to the Michelin man. And like, I'm not just talking about he wears the number eight and it looks like the Michelin man. Like he's giving me a run for my money. Like, uh, let's not get hasty now. Okay. Let's, like, let's, let's look, man, he's not, he did not Mike Bibby it. Let's just put it that way. He <laughs> no. is, he, he did the anti Bibby. And I, man, Frank Gore, look, Frank Gore is going to tear this dude a new one if they step in the ring together. And it's not even going to be fair. Like I, I hope Darren Williams has been boxing in, in his in his retirement, wherever he's living at, retiring. And I, man, I I hope he has because otherwise this is not going to be fair for him. Because I've seen Frank Gore take some shots before, and just stand up and like he didn't even it never happened. And and this dude's been doing it for thirty years. So, uh, yeah, good luck to him. Not to mention Frank Gore actually was boxing during his entire NFL career. That was what he did in the offseason as well, too. And there's a reason he actually turned down possible opportunities this year is because he was focused on doing a boxing match as well, too. Didn't realize it was going to turn into Darren Williams. That was the part that kind of surprised me as well. And Where's Tom Zivikowski in all this? Like, literally, get, bring me back the ex-boxer from Notre Dame who had a future in the pros boxing <laughs> to box somebody. Like, give me Tom Zivikowski versus somebody, and I think I'll, I'll actually tune in. But this one, I'm just like, I don't want to tune in because I don't want to see somebody die. I... If I'm a betting man, I would be leaning towards Frank Gore. And if those odds are even close, I'm dropping the house on it because I can't see Frank Gore losing. That's not even an insult to Darren Williams. I'm taking Frank Gore over a whole lot of non-boxers like athletes I want to do. If you told me it was him and Chad Johnson, even in Chad Johnson's second fight or Chad Ochocinco just doing it for fun, I'm still taking Frank Gore with all the with all the house money. That man used to box for as part of his NFL training. And now he gets a – no, I'm taking Frank Gore. Yeah. No, sir, Bob. Give me, give me Frank all, all day long. But yeah, that'll do it for my, my – I, I kept it quick on crunch time just because, yeah, I can't. I can't do it. Uh, the, that was just the goofiest one. That's goofy story I've heard all, all year. Well, your crunch time is actually somewhat adjacent to mine because I'm sticking with fisticuffs and I'm looking at, I'm recapping some of this last week's action. Obviously there was Can Canelo Alvarez start starting with boxing, proving once again, why he is the world's best active boxer as well too. But that sensational knockout over Brian plant, the uppercut left hook. He's absolutely sensational since that Floyd Mayweather loss. He has done nothing but get better. And he's one of the best boxers that this generation is going to see. He's absolutely phenomenal. He can be patient. He can be powerful. He can be quick. Whatever you need, he's got it. 
And then, of course, UFC 268, an underrated banger of a card. There was a lot of decisions, but they were all absolute firefights. Michael Chandler and Justin Gaethje already fight of the year. Are they go- I, think, I think they just might have still fight of the year pretty comfortably towards the back end of the year. That was absolutely incredible. You have Usman beating Colby Covington for the second time in a five-round bloodbath. Absolutely fantastic back-and-forth fight. Usman controlled most of it. Had the big moments in the knockdown. Colby fighting back as well. Great fight. Usman, once again, proving one of the best welterweights to ever do it. Rose Nami Yunus and Wei, Wei Li Zhang. Wow, what a what a fight back and forth. Could have made a case either way. That was one of the best women's title fights you'll see. And, of course, the cartwheel, cartwheel kick knockout from the heavyweight as well, too, with a backflip in the prelims. Like, what a fantastic night for fisticuffs throughout the weekend. And it was absolutely great. Back-to-back bangers. And we got a Max Holloway fight coming up this weekend as well, too. So it's a fisticuffs Christmas this month is what it feels like. And it's only getting better. A fistimus? Fistimus, fist... Christama, Christa cuffs, like there's different ways to go about it. And it's only going to get better. Whole lot of great fight cards coming up, and I can't wait for them. Yeah, no, it's like you mentioned Rose and Rose and Wiley Zhang, and that was look. Congratulations to Rose again, uh, another another you know defending her title. That was after the first fight. I mean, when she knocked, when she t- took out Zhang, that was like that was impressive to begin with, and then to, to come back and and you know uh, protect your 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 belt. That was look. Congratulations to her. That spinning uh, the cartwheel kick from a heavyweight. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Like, I didn't know we were playing UFC 4 out here. I didn't realize that uh, the laws of aerodynamics had been completely changed, but he managed to defeat them and he's going to become a household name off of it. But that is going to do it for our Century Mark 100th episode of Rants, Recaps, and Rankings of the High Low Sports oh, wait, Podcast. Oh, it's been go. absolutely fantastic. We hope to do plenty more, hopefully, 100 plus more to go. And we appreciate all you guys who are there for episode one, episode 100, or anything in between. It's been an absolute ride, and hopefully we get a whole lot more going. We appreciate you all tuning in. It's been wonderful. And we will see you guys once again next week. And thank you for listening this time. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. (laughs) Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22.